It was December 31st, New Year's Eve. My friend Alex hired me to watch his dog Bailey for the weekend while he was out of town for the new year. I'm 35, he's 27, so I don't have that same urge to go out and party for New Year's Eve like he does. So I was more okay with making some money and taking it easy for the night. New Year's Eve was on a Saturday. He left for the city early in the day when I got there. He'd be back Sunday night. He left me with very basic instructions to just feed him and walk him twice a day and keep him off the furniture. Bailey is a very small husky mix. I'm not sure what else she is, but she's about a third the size of a regular husky, and she's very quiet and well-behaved, hence why Alex was okay with me watching her instead of a dog sitter. I brought a backpack which contained my- Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. My laptop, charger, toiletries, and a change of clothes for Sunday. Alex and I don't go way back. We met through mutual friends and had started going out occasionally on the weekends ever since. I would be sleeping in the spare bedroom of his house on the futon. Throughout the day, I just did stuff on my laptop and played some of Alex's video games. Later in the night, I invited my girl over with Alex's permission. His response was, you better not in my bed, a way of jokingly saying yes, she can come over. She said she'd be getting out of work after 12, but then she'd come straight over. Alex's house is about half an hour from us, so my girl Trisha wouldn't be getting there until late. I had to kill the time alone with Bailey watching movies until then. We were in the living room, and Bailey was by my feet. It was probably 9pm when the doorbell rang. I went to answer the door, and it was a girl at the door. She looked about 30. She had a hoodie on and was holding a jacket. She introduced herself as Alex's girlfriend and said she left something here that she needed to grab. I offered to grab it if she wanted, and she said no, it's okay. She knew where it was in his room. I said okay, that's fine, and let her inside. She went straight upstairs to Alex's room and slightly closed the door behind her without latching it. I right away texted Alex, I didn't know you had a girlfriend. She was in there for quite some time, until she came back out, still holding her jacket. She came back down the stairs and thanked me and was going straight for the door. I tried to stop her for a quick conversation, saying how long have you guys been dating? She said, too long, then laughed, as if making a joke. I laughed too, and then she said, have a good night. I was a bit surprised by the interaction, but what I gathered from it was they had probably just recently broken up. Now I started to worry that maybe I shouldn't have let her in. Since Alex hadn't answered my text yet, I called him a few times before he picked up. He was out with his friends in a loud setting, so he could hardly hear me until he went outside to talk. I told him his girlfriend just came by to grab something, and he was completely bewildered at what I was saying. Who are you talking about, he said. I responded, she said she was your girlfriend, I didn't get a name. He said in a yell, you know I don't have a girlfriend, what did she look like? I started to feel really stupid just about now. I described the girl, and he said he had no idea who this could have been. I then proceeded to explain to him that she went upstairs to his room for a few minutes, then came back down. This was when he started freaking out. He told me to go up to his room now and check if she stole anything. Of course, I didn't know what was in his room beforehand, so he had me check for specific things, which all appeared to still be there. 
He tried hard to figure out who it could have been, and said he'd call me back after he made some calls and sent me some pictures of different girls. Understandably, this was putting a damper on his night. I could tell he'd already been drinking, so I felt awfully stupid for letting some random girl into the house. He started sending me screenshots of different girls' Instagram accounts, none of them resembling the girl who came in. When I said no to all of them, he went silent for an hour. Then he texted me randomly, I think I know who it was. Make sure she doesn't come back. I didn't ask any further questions. I responded, okay, my bad, and left it at that. Clearly Alex was going through some serious girl drama, or so I thought. I watched the ball drop alone. Not that I really care about the new year or the ball drop at all. Later that night, Trisha finally made it over, and so we hung out in the living room together. I told her what happened, and she was shocked. But then a freakish coincidence happened. Bailey lifted her head and looked at the front door, and then there was a knocking at the door. Whoever it was didn't ring the bell. There was no shot I was opening it. I called Alex a bunch of times, but he didn't pick up. He was wasted and didn't even feel his phone vibrating. Trisha and I stayed quiet, and eventually whoever it was went away. I was honestly unnerved now. Surely it was in connection to whoever that girl was earlier. Maybe it was even her again. Either way, I didn't want to get involved any further in what was going on. After this, we decided to migrate to the spare bedroom where we'd stay for the night on the futon. We had a movie on as we laid down and I held her. We fell asleep in this position and woke up at some unknown hour in the night, which I later found out was less than an hour after we fell asleep. I woke to Bailey's howling. She was in the room with us. Trisha woke up after me. Bailey was at the bedroom door with her tail wagging, howling. I whispered, Bailey, shush. She looked at me and then came over, but she stayed staring at the door, now growling, making unhappy whimpering sounds. Then there were footsteps outside on the wood floors. We heard what had to be at least two pairs of footsteps, tiptoeing to the door. And then the doorknob twisted. By force of habit, we had the door locked, thankfully. And a girl's voice said, Alex? I looked at Trisha and signaled for her to stay quiet. That girl was not alone. Another light tap at the door, and then the girl's voice said, Who's in there? This is Alex's house. I made the decision to say in a loud voice, almost a yell, The cops have been on their way for a few minutes now, just so you know. The girl said, Who are you? I didn't bite. I whispered to Trisha to actually call the police. And she did. The entire time she whispered into the phone. I said loud and clear, I dare you to do something, because the time you do it, the cops will be running through the front door. I heard a whisper on the other side of the door. Then, multiple pairs of footsteps walking away from the door. We stayed in the room, waiting for the cops to get there. Since the front door was left wide open by those people, the cops came right in. The house was clear by this point. I gave my entire recount of the story, and then called Alex multiple times until he finally picked up, still sounding pretty drunk. One cop talked with him on the phone for a few minutes while I sat with Trisha speaking with another cop. After all this was said and done, the accepted assumption was that there was a key in Alex's room taken by that girl from hours before. This was a pretty messy situation since Alex couldn't just come all the way home this late. He practically begged me to stay the rest of the night. I had Trisha go home. I stayed because I felt responsible for letting that girl in in the first place. I stayed locked in that room the rest of the night with Bailey. I literally wedged a chair against the front door as some half-assed attempt at keeping them out if they decided to return. By morning, though, it seemed that they didn't return. 
Alex came back earlier that day than originally planned. I'm not going to air out any more private information to the internet than I already have, just in case anyone who knows him can figure out this story is about him. But he did tell me who he thought the girl was, and the story behind it proves that men have to be careful too with the women they choose to interact with. That girl and whoever was with her's intention of breaking in wasn't to steal anything evidently, which is the scariest part. He changed his locks ASAP. I can't even imagine staying in that house if I were him after this. However, it's been a year, and as far as I know, nothing has happened. Unless he's keeping more to the story he told me a secret. After returning from a night to celebrate the arrival of the new year, my husband and I returned to our apartment complex to turn in for the night. We both had a couple of drinks, but neither of us were intoxicated. As much as we enjoy partying with friends, when it comes down to it, we are really just homebodies. We lived in the corner penthouse suite of our complex. Although this was never confirmed, it was suspected the owners wanted to convert this apartment complex into condos. The rent certainly was not cheap and access was limited to this floor. Upon entering the building, there is a walk-up, two secured doors, and every now and then, there would be a doorman to greet you as you entered or exited. There were also multiple security cameras placed throughout and around the building. It was an especially cold evening, and when we returned, there was no doorman present. It was late, at least 2 a.m. The foyer was empty, and one of the lights flickered softly. My husband and I entered the elevator and pressed the button to the top floor. The elevator ride was smooth, and as we ascended, I could feel myself becoming more relaxed, excited to finally be home and able to rest. My feet were killing me from wearing heels all night in the bitter cold. The bell chimed, signaling we had reached our floor. The door slid open, and we turned the corner to the left. Like I said, our suite was the corner suite at the end of the hall. However, something caught our eye. A woman, or what at least looked like a woman, was meandering through the hallway. Her hair was dark and scattered. It looked to be matted and covered her face. She wore a black lace dress that was torn and looked to be in bad shape. Thinking back, I don't even think she had any footwear on. We assumed she was intoxicated and was having difficulty finding her suite. Although on closer inspection, she didn't look familiar. We knew all of our neighbors, as like I said, access was limited on this floor. I looked at my husband, who stood still as well. I could see he was contemplating the same thoughts. I asked him, should we ask if she needs help? He looked at me and said, just wait, maybe she's just drunk and having a hard time finding her suite. The woman just continued to slowly slide herself along the walls of the hallway, stopping at each door and peering through the exterior peepholes. Admittedly, this was creepy, but it just added to the theory that she was a drunk woman looking for her friends. She was humming, or what I believe was humming. The sound was something between a growl and a hum. We stood there in utter disbelief and awe. However, there was a veil of tension and uneasiness that lingered. The strange woman stumbled through the hallway, hunched over until she pulled herself up to peer through the peephole. She eventually got to a suite of an elderly lady, whom I have a strong connection with. We'll just call her Tilly. Tilly was the sort of woman whose family had neglected her and rarely visited. She would bring my husband and I baked goods from time to time. I would bring her leftovers and assist her with groceries and medication frequently. Tilly's smoke alarm would constantly go off. I would have to rush over and pull out the smoldering toast from her toaster and fan her smoke alarm until it stopped beeping. At times a nuisance, but it would always turn into tea time. Nevertheless, I cared about Tilly, 
So when I saw this strange woman peer into her peephole, I reacted. I blurted out, excuse me, are you alright? I could feel myself lose confidence as I asked. The strange woman seemed to shudder for a moment and hunched over to the floor. She looked like she was about to puke or was frightened by my voice. My husband and I stepped closer, but the woman then let out a series of soft and menacing laughs just barely audible. I have to admit, in this moment I was thoroughly creeped out and reached for my cell phone. It was uncomfortable because we couldn't get to our suite without having to walk right past this deranged woman. My husband said, hey, did you hear us? Do you need help? Her laugh began to grow into what was a steady cackle. The strange woman then stood up. As she stood up, her cackle became a mixture between a cackle and a boisterous growl. She then stumbled forward and continued walking down the hall. There was a staircase just outside of our suite. I assumed she was making her way to the stairs, just too embarrassed to walk past us to the elevator. Maybe she was just a drunk woman and this was nothing more than an uncomfortable standoff with a sad and intoxicated woman. I mean, if she was really that drunk, the stairs probably weren't a good idea. We were on the seventh floor. Nevertheless, I just didn't feel like it was worth the risk to engage with this woman. I just wanted to enter my suite and dive into bed. It was late and my feet still hurt. As we took a few steps forward, the woman stopped. Almost with laser precision, she stood up completely straight, looked right at our door, and then began to pound on our door screaming bloody murder. I could feel myself becoming swallowed with fear. I reached for my cell phone and began to dial 911. The woman kept pounding on our door and screaming. To be honest, I'm surprised none of our neighbors came out to see what was happening. Part of me thinks they were too afraid themselves and were probably peering out of their peepholes. Afraid of what our neighbors would think, my husband said, hey, what are you doing? Stop that. And just like that, the strange woman stopped, fell to the ground, and began crawling quickly towards us. She looked up for a brief second. All I could see were her dark eyes. Her mouth seemed to be stained black and she was growling again. But this time, it was as if there was something in her throat that she was choking on. Frozen with fear, my husband and I just watched until she flashed us a menacing hiss. The kind you would hear in a movie, but never imagine in real life. Terrified, I whipped off my shoes and my husband and I ran towards the staircase on the other side of the building. We didn't want to risk waiting for the elevator and have her catching up. We went down two flights of stairs and stopped to listen if she was making her way down the stairs. But it was almost impossible to hear as my heart was pounding so hard. I thought to myself, what the hell was going on? We waited there for ten minutes or so, until eventually we had the courage to head up the stairs and back to our suite. The woman was gone, and so we entered our suite. I was just relieved to finally be safe in my home. My husband sent a text to our landlord, and he replied that we would hear from him in the morning. I was so unbelievably exhausted, but found it incredibly difficult to sleep. The sound of that woman's growling and cackling rang in my ears. I hardly slept. The next day, when my husband went to speak to the landlord, he asked him to check the security cameras, although nothing turned up. The landlord said the cameras glitched due to the frigid temperatures last night. To this day, I still don't know what to think. That woman most certainly had problems. The question is, was she dangerous? We moved about a year later, but every New Year's Eve, I still think about that night. It was New Year's Eve of 2020, and all of us were ready for this horrible year to be over. My friend Logan was throwing a house party. 
I arrived early to help set things up. I secured his spot to sleep in his parents' room, meaning I could drive to the party and drink without having to worry about driving home. His parents obviously weren't home for the night. Most of our close friends in our friend group came, plus a bunch of Logan's friends who I didn't know. The party was fun. At midnight, everyone screams Happy New Year and cheers their drinks. After that, people slowly started circulating out and the party started to quiet down, as people went to either other parties, bars, or home. The later the night got, the more it became just the closer friends staying behind until it just turned into a chill drinking session in the living room. This went on late into the night. It was likely 3am when the last of everyone who wasn't sleeping at Logan's house was gone. As it quieted down, we started hearing this occasional sound. At first we didn't know what it was, but it soon started to sound like a creaking sound. It was dismissed as a sound from the fridge or something at first, which I know sounds stupid, but house appliances often make weird noises. It was just Logan, me, and Cody. Cody was falling asleep on the couch already. It was reaching that time where we were just going to go to sleep. However, eventually we got so bothered by the noise that we had to search. We went to the kitchen and it wasn't coming from in there. We realized when we were close to the basement door that it was coming from downstairs. Logan opened the door and we heard this creaking sound. Go check what it is, I said. He kept saying, no way. Then he called down into the basement, yo, who's down there? The creaking stopped, and we never heard it again. After a solid minute of waiting at the top of the stairs, we agreed to go down together. We both grabbed knives, drunkenly thinking that was a good idea, when in reality we were so drunk we'd probably only hurt ourselves with them. We got to the bottom of the stairs and looked through the entire basement. It's not huge. It just has a couch, TV, a bar, a table in the corner, and various old pieces of junk. It was pretty messy at the time. The first thing we did was search any possible crevice for someone who could be hiding. Then we tried to figure out what could have been making that sound. I noticed a rocking chair, and so I went up to it, sat in it, and then started rocking in it. And it made the exact same creaking sound we had been hearing. Logan and I looked at each other. I stood up, and so did every hair on my body. I don't think we ever ran faster than we did when we ran up those stairs and slammed the door shut. We tried to come up with any logical explanation, but there was none. He kept the basement door locked for days until his parents came back. There was no living soul down there, but something was moving that rocking chair. That rocking chair used to belong to his grandma who passed away forever ago, and it's just something his mom held onto for sentimental reasons. I can't say I've ever experienced anything resembling the paranormal before this, nor since then. It still sends chills down my spine.